Welcome to Do You Ever Wonder? The show that brings you answers to many of the questions that you may have, but with no one to ask. Do You Ever Wonder is hosted by Mike Holtman, CEO of Hallmark Abstract Service, who, like you, has always been deeply curious about a wide variety of topics. Each week, Mike will be speaking with guests who are leaders in their field and who have inspirational stories to tell. So now, sit back and enjoy the show. So welcome, everybody. Indeed, my name is Mike Altman. I am the host of the Do You Ever Wonder podcast, in addition to my day role as the CEO of Hallmark Abstract Service. And today we are very fortunate to have with us Marcus Ogden. Uh, he's got a very diverse background, and uh, we'll get into all of that in one second. But one, of his, uh, one part of his background, he's a uh, former NFL offensive lineman. And I have a question for him based on what I watched yesterday, and that is the uh, Pro Bowl. What What was your opinion of uh, of the Pro Bowl yesterday? You know what, Michael? I don't even watch anymore because it's not even a game. It's just like these skills and drills, and it's not what it is. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, like just, you know, my goodness gracious, just – what is this? And what is it? It's not what I'm used to and what it used to be when we played. So, again, to me, it's fun for the fans. It's cool in Las Vegas, and that's all good and gold. But it's not the same as the old days. I miss the actual game and the actual getting out there and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I have a feeling you're not aware of their new format, which was they played a flag football game. Yeah. So, and, and I knew about that from watching and they had like, you know, skills drills and flag football and all that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's just not the same. I mean, I mean, it's just not, it's just to me, it's just not the same. Oh no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I imagine that there's a lot of players who don't want to get hurt in the pro bowl, but a uh, flag football game just uh, really, I don't think it uh, entertains a lot of people who are used to the NFL. For sure. I'm, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Right, my opinion. But um, so, welcome to to the podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, uh, Marcus, it, on in his own right, is a very famous podcaster. He uh, the name of his show is the Get Authentic with Marcus broad, Broadcast Podcast. And you are, if I'm not mistaken, like in the one top one and a half percent of all podcasts in the world. That's correct. Uh, the Get Authentic with Marcus Ogden show launched June 22nd of 2022. We achieved the 1.5 global status in about two and a half months, and we're one point away from being in the top 1% worldwide. We've been very blessed to have some phenomenal guests on, great sponsors. We have a phenomenal audience of people that listen from all different backgrounds. We've been, we've been labeled the an enlightened Joe Rogan experience show. And I have a lot of respect for Joe Rogan, his podcast. He has built a, a Titan, a juggernaut. Uh, he's just a phenomenal guy uh, in that regard with his podcast. So to be called that is absolutely uh, amazing. And again, we're just all about great guests, authentic stories and having a lot of great fun. That's, that's fantastic. As the, as the founder of a uh, podcast, that doesn't quite have the, uh, the reach and the footprint that yours does, my goal someday is to is to get there. What uh, other than other than great guests, there must be some other secret to the sauce. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's the consistency, but also it's not just having great guests, it's having diverse guests because having great guests is fantastic, but if the guests aren't diverse or if the guests are from a lot of the same industries and a lot of the same thought process, a lot of the same backgrounds, you're not going to attract a lot of diverse listeners. And that's why Joe Rogan gets between 20 to 30 million dollars an episode because he gets people from all different backgrounds, science to athletes to MMA I mean, to you had the guy on that owns Barstool. I mean, you could go down the list. So if I was you or anybody in this podcast business, it's all about the guest diversity, but also it's about getting people to listen through consistency and your marketing efforts. Okay. So let's let's go there. What what were your marketing efforts? So for me, you know, getting Onto, like I said, other podcasts to cross market and promote our show and then have them come on and maybe promote theirs and really just trying to find, uh, we're very active on social media. And we, what we really found has been really great, Michael, is the consistency and like our graphics and using a, uh, a flow in that, uh, in that regard. Uh, so it's been really, really outstanding and, you know, for us in that regard. So really excited about the future. But what we found is consistency with your marketing material is going to be a big part of you being able to get success. So we've seen in the podcast business. So one of the, uh, you know, you talk about having fantastic guests as a key. Well, why do you think I asked you? <laughs> I appreciate that, man. <laughs> uh, I'm all, this, is the, this is the rule I have. Anyone asks me to be on their podcast, I always say yes, because you never know who can hear an episode. I mean, like we've booked a ton of business from some pretty large financial institution organizations and companies as a result of doing one podcast about five years ago, a guy heard me who listens to that podcast religiously. He hired me to be his executive business coach. He then turned me on to a client that we now have Carson group and the Carson group has been a phenomenal client, Ron Carson, Jamie Hopkins, uh, and the gang. They've just been phenomenal. And then Aaron, my old client, turned me on to another company he works with called Buckingham Strategic Partners. We signed our contract with them today, do speaking for them, one in Colorado Springs, Colorado, one in St. Louis. And again, I have another company called NAFA, the National Association of Insurance and Financial Analysts. That came from the Carson Group. So Carson Group, Buckingham Strategic Partners and NAFA all came as a result of me doing a podcast five years ago. And my good friend, Aaron Tweezer, one of, one of my best friends, turned me on to the Carson Group, then to Buckingham, then to NAFA. So that's why my rule is always just do podcasts. You know, the, uh, you know, one of the adages in business development is you, you never know and you got to put yourself out in, you know, you always have to put yourself out there because you, you never know. You never know who's there. You never know who you're going to meet. And it's no different in the podcast game. No, no different at all. It's, 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 it's big business. Now, it's typical this every single day. Yeah. Big business starts with a casual conversation. 100%. So you had mentioned uh, Joe Rogan. So funny enough, uh, there's somebody who, I, who I'm in uh, a networking group with who is convinced that I can be the next Joe Rogan, and I think he's out of his mind. But uh, he's a very passionate dude. So, you know, I'll, I'll take what he says, and uh, I'll, I'll go with it. 
But <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that that's exactly in the cards. But we'll see. Well, you, you, well, you know what? You know, Mike, you never know. I mean, like, it goes bad. I mean, who would have thought our podcast would be in the top one and a half percent in two and a half months? And, you know, we're we're <laughs> seven months old and we're about to pass 25,000 downloads. And, you know, we have we've been streaming 63 different countries, 40 states in the U.S., plus Washington, D.C. And, you know, we're growing and growing and growing. And we have like close to 30 secured sponsors that we've had you know, since the beginning, yeah. you know. And it's all because we took the chance. So all you can do, right, Mike, is take the chance and and kind of see what happens and kind of go from there. Absolutely. And I mean, to tell you the truth, I actually enjoy doing this. So, you know, whether uh, whether I become the next Joe Rogan or not, I'm uh, I'm okay with that. But uh, it's been. If you go into it trying to just be Michael Haltman and not worry about being the next Joe Rogan, exactly. being the next Joe Rogan will take care of itself. I'm going to be the best me I can be. That's all, any of us, that's all any of us can do. That's right. So you tell a story about personal accountability when you became an entrepreneur in terms of going from uh, a very high salary to going to a very low minimum wage salary. And can you talk about that story a little bit? Yes. So after the NFL, I got into construction. I built an eight-figure business. Uh, we were the largest African-American subcontract in the city of Baltimore, the state of Maryland, for two years. And unfortunately, Michael, as my ego grew, I became self-centered. I became very focused on all external facets, money, fame, notoriety. And again, there's nothing wrong, I call those success factors, there's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve those things. But if that's who you are, and that's all you are, and you let it consume you, it can end up to be, be your downfall. And it became my downfall. And I lost everything in 2013, moved to Raleigh, $400 left to my name, and I had to start completely over from scratch. And it was just absolutely uh, horrifying. And you know, I worked at Merrill Lynch for a short time, and I was fired from that job, all my fault. Went to a construction company the next day, was fired from that job five days later. The only job I could get was a custodian making $8.25 an hour in the graveyard shift from 10 p.m. until uh, 5 a.m. And I remember having my spoiled milk rock bottom moment about 4.30 in the morning taking the trash out with somebody's rotten meat, spoiled, nasty, protruding garbage got over my body, my skin, and my clothes. And that was my wake-up call. And once that happened, right, Mike, that's when I became all about, you know, uh, helping people, being more accountable, all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, J.K. Rollins has a great saying, Rock bottom is the moment that she rebuilt her life. And that's how I feel with my spoiled milk, my rock bottom moment. It was the moment that I rebuilt my life. And it was still a lot of hard work between them, and that don't get me wrong, but it was the precipice for me starting to get things going in the right direction and then turn them around. And, and that was and that was that. So when you were uh, high on the hog and doing well. And then you you let your ego get in the way. You know what I always try and teach my kids is the is it's very important to to be grateful. You know, and if you are grateful, then you tend not to let all those successes taint you 
and make you, you know, instead of always looking up to see what it is that you want and what you don't have, you know, you should look down and see what it is that you do have and what other people don't have. And I think that's a powerful lesson. So, yeah, Gra- gratitude always crushes ego. If you're grateful, you can't have an ego. If you're expecting things to come your way, if you're expecting everything is to kind of do and be what you think it's going to be, then yes, at some point you're going to have an ego. And once that happens, it is the beginning of your demise. Yep. It's a, um, it's a sense of entitlement. When you have a sense of entitlement, it, it, it probably won't end well. Correct. Because you think that everything you're doing is all about you and the reality it should be all about helping others get to where they want to go. So yes, absolutely. It is the beginning of your downfall. No question. No question. So you also talk about leadership and you had a very interesting uh, phrase of the art of getting people to do what you want them to do is to get them to want to do what you want them to do. Is that is that close? General Dwight D. Eisenhower, leadership is the art of getting people to do what you want done because they want to do it. And if you're able to get people going in that regard, that's going to be the way in which you can move them towards fulfillment and success in their everyday life. Because we all need to have success, right? But if we can find success and fulfillment all in one, then you got something really, really special. What are some of the keys? What are some of the keys to being a great leader? Some of the keys are just understanding how to be an active listener and also understanding how you can help people get where they need to go by being somebody that is humble and going in that regard. So being a leader isn't necessarily being the loudest guy in the room, but it's being the it's being someone who other people look at and want to emulate. Correct. Being a leader is somebody that others recognize as a servant that serves a cause greater than themselves. Dr. King, Mother Teresa, Rosa Parks, Gandhi, Princess Diana, those are people that I call a servant leader. And that's because people emulate or want to emulate what they've done throughout history. And that to me is the art of leadership. It's the art to get people to do what you want done because they want to do it, not because you're telling them to do it. Right. I mean, telling people to do something is typically the, uh, the uh, killer to getting something done. Uh, you know, it's, Correct. You know, leading by example is always a great thing, but that's no guarantee of, of getting people to follow along either. But uh, being an inspirational force is is great. I mean, I'm, I'm the uh, I'm the board chair of a combat veterans charity and the the founder is a woman. And, you know, she's incredibly. Inspirational as a leader because of the what she puts into it. And she doesn't demand that other people do the same, but you're inspired by her passion in her cause. And that's exactly why people follow her, because they're excited about what she's doing and what she's talking about. 100%. 100%. So you have kind of a 
of an affiliation with veteran institutions as, as well. I know Correct. you're involved with a couple of companies that that are veteran owned. Correct. One of them being Stathis. Oh, actually, a couple. So Stathis is a net is a crypto hedge fund that helps people diversify how to go in that regard to achieve different ways of hitting their target, right? As far as, you know, diversifying wealth and creating assets for themselves through crypto investments, through strategic knowledge that has been created through reading data and reports. And our CEO, Chris Jackson, has done a great job. Actually, last quarter, we had a 16.5% growth. Uh, you know, increase in our assets through a lot of times other people were having like 30%, you know, negative or they were having a decrease in their assets. We had a 16.5% increase in our assets under management through quarter four of last year. So that's one company. And then I have another company I'm a, I'm a part owner of, Athlete Foundry. It is not a recruiting service. It helps young high school athletes, young middle school athletes that have a desire to be a collegiate athlete Get uh, get looked at and or noticed regardless of their zip code. Another company I'm a part owner of is veteran owned is Grind Oral Care by Roger Gindelsberger, who's uh, in uh, the Air Force, and it is a toothpaste that has been specially made. And as a matter of fact, we're about to go live launching in all the Walmart, not all, a majority of Walmarts all across wow. the country, uh, starting here uh, this month. So uh, again, Baptist Strategies, I am part owner of and I'm involved with. Uh, also, you have uh, Athlete Foundry. And you also have, again, um, uh, Grind Oral Care as well. Now, you didn't serve in the military. No, I did not. Both my grandfathers were World War II Army veterans. So was that your, your, your connection, your desire to get involved with military combat veteran-owned businesses? Correct. And I've always been a huge supporter of our military the 3% that protect the 97% of us to have the freedoms that we have without them, it would not be, it would not be available. Oh, amen. So, you know, my, the, the mission of the uh, charity I'm involved with is to save combat vets who come home with uh, suffering with moral injury and who live at serious risk for death by suicide. So, you know, that's a very powerful mission because that's a uh, very underserved group. I, I, I applaud them. I praise them. And without them, Michael, there is no USA of freedom. So without them, we don't have anything. So the military is everything. It is everything. So, you know, if you're ever looking for a uh, for an organization to be a spokesman for, especially since you're so good at uh, at broadening your brand, you know, we're always looking for somebody. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, we can talk offline here when we, when we, sure. after we, after we wrap up. Reach out to me uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. Actually, Wednesday sure. we could come right into a speaking job. Wednesday, reach out to me Wednesday, and let's and let's and let's chat. Absolutely, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. So, what are your? Uh, oh, I almost forgot to mention you're a best-selling author. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I have. Uh, I'm a four-time best-selling author. Two books that I authored alone. Two that I co-authored. And I'm really excited about them. Uh, Sleepless Nights was our first book. It was an autobiography. That was a bestseller. The Success Cycle is one of our most popular books. It's our second bestseller. Talks about three keys to success, ambition, drive, and hard work. 
And then we have a book we co-authored, uh, which is called Pivots, Persistence, and Game Changers. That became a bestseller. Then we have The Voices of Foundational Leadership. That became a bestseller. We co-authored in as well. So we have, we're a four-time bestselling author, two that we authored by ourselves, two that we co-authored. And we're very blessed in that regard that people like our business and what we have to do work-wise. It's awesome. I mean, other than that little um, hiccup you had when you went from making a lot of money to making eight and a quarter an hour, it sounds like you've transformed to where your uh, everything you touch turns to gold. <laughs> I don't know about everything, but <laughs> we work. We, let's put it this way: we work hard, and we're very blessed. And it's a lot. I put in sometimes, you know, a lot of times, 12, 13 hour days. Like I had my first coaching call at six a.m. today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, with you, I got. I just got. I literally, as I'm talking to you, I got an email from a speaker bureau about a potential speaking job. I didn't even see what it just said. June 21st, breakfast. I didn't see anything else other than that. So great. So, so like, hopefully, it's something I can do. It fits my schedule, which I, which I think it will, and go from there. But again, you just gotta keep grinding. You just gotta keep going because things that turn to gold can turn to S-H-I-T real fast if you're not paying attention. You know what? 2008 taught a lot of us that lesson. Very quick. 2013 taught me that lesson when I I went bankrupt and broke after losing $3 million in a job. So trust me, I know it really well. No question. So do you have a good team around you? Is that part of the Phenomenal team. They're the best of the best. Like they they are just sensational in every way. So without them, yeah. It, there's no me. Like our website guy, our SEO guy, our my business partner, Dawn, who's my internal manager. We have an external manager, Ben. We have a social media marketing team. We have a, a, a trademark and patent person, great CPA, great bookkeeper. Without them, I'm dead man walking. Because it's hard to have your irons in so many fires doing it yourself. It's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, I'm, I'm driving myself crazy now. I can only imagine if I didn't have a team where I'd be like, I'd be ready to shoot myself and, and just be done. Like, yo, just fork me. I'm done. Cause I'd be, uh-huh. I just, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy enough as is without my team. <laughs> I'm in the loony bin every single day of the week. <laughs> well, you don't want to go there. Uh, so what are your plans for the future? Write more books? We're, we're working on some online content with some great partners to help create more, what I call this three types of income. There's active, active, which means you have to be there doing it. My speaking, my coaching, that's active, active. Active, passive, you can do it. You can make money off of it and not be there. Like my pod, like our podcast, sponsors, like we're going to do it anyway. So I call that active, passive. When you have passive, passive, like you create online courses, your books, things like that. You do it once, go away, you keep making money. So we're going to really work on the passive, passive part of our business to create the wealth for ourselves. So I don't have to take on as much stuff as I don't want to. But knowing me, because I love what I do, I'm going to take on, because I just love what I do, I'm just going to take on everything until I just can't anymore, because I love what I do. <laughs> it's like you, you like to you like to create. which I is, do. That's, that's, that's fantastic. But I do agree the passive, passive income is a, is a great ancillary stream that you don't have to work hard or very hard on that just generates which is great which is correct so just a quick question about the hedge fund is it a long short fund or is it just arbitrage what's the uh what are the basics about it 
So it's a long, short fund. I mean, you can put money in, you can stay long, you can just go short, you can do short sale. I mean, you know, it, you know, it's very much up to the person's desire and what they're looking to do from an investment perspective. Like one of our clients is in the more for the long game, like trying to really work on like build some extra wealth for himself through the different crypto coins and asset NFT base. You have know, some people that are just trying to make quick money, get in, get out. So just like anything else, right? Like it depends on the investor. Like what can you stomach? What's your risk tolerance? Everything has a risk. So what's your risk tolerance? And being okay with going into this and understanding where you're at, what you need, and then going forward from there. No, it's all it's all about risk tolerance. So my uh, my middle kid is 30 years old, and she took a uh, risk tolerance test. And the guy who gave it to her said that he had a 70 year old in his office who took the test and had more risk was more risk desiring than she is but you know what she says she works hard for her money so i love it she doesn't want to risk it but uh well you know what this was fantastic i you know it was a it's a real pleasure getting to know you a little bit better hearing more about what it is that you've accomplished because it's quite a lot and uh it sounds like you're going to accomplish quite a bit more in the future well, I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me on, my friend. I look forward to, again, please reach out to me on Wednesday. We can chat about what you have going on, and then we can go from there. Will do. I appreciate it. And now for our outro. Thank you for listening to Do You Ever Wonder? And we hope that you enjoyed the show. Next week, we will have another terrific guest telling their story. And if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear more about, please don't hesitate to let us know. Our curiosity, like yours, knows no bounds. Please subscribe and like and share this episode on your social media. See you next week.